Thank you for checking out this resource from Grace Chapel in Skinny Atlas, New York. If you'd like to find more like this, or you'd like to learn a little bit more about our church, you can do so by going to gconline.org. And now let's jump into this week's message. Well, we're in the book of Acts. So we're in Acts chapter 10. The whole book of Acts is like the birth of the church. And as, as we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we see Jesus say, you know, this, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the gospel starts going out to the far reaches of the world. And the last couple of weeks, what we saw is this. We saw that the gospel was not just, you know, present in Jerusalem, but went to Samaria. We saw that with Philip, right? And we saw that the Holy Spirit was poured out there upon the Samaritans, which was a shock to the Jewish people. And now we see in chapter 10, it goes further, and the Gentiles also receive this good news of the gospel and the outpouring of the Spirit. It's an incredible scene. As what Jesus talked about in chapter 1 is happening. And the, the, the crux of chapter 10 is this. And he says this in verses 34 and 35 of that chapter. He says, God has no partiality with people. He doesn't see you one way and me another. Ethnicity or any other type of difference, he sees us as a reflection of someone who he made in his image. We are equal. And this was a big moment for the Jewish people to understand that the Gentiles also were just as important in the kingdom of God. And so this incredible chapter unfolds, and that's the message that this chapter embraces and embodies. I don't want to talk about that today. I want to talk about how it happened. I want to talk about the, the way, the pathway, all of this took place. And we're going to talk about discerning the voice of God this morning. There are a lot of voices that we recognize. And uh, I would say if you're married, my hope is that you recognize your spouse's voice. I'm assuming you do. In a crowd, you might hear something said and you go, oh, that's my wife, or that's my husband. Um, you can recognize your children, uh, right? In a situation, all, you, they could be in a group of uh, kids, but you recognize your, the voice of your children. Even our animals at times, at times, recognize our voice <laughs> at times. But the reality is, with all the, the noise in the world, with all the voices, do we know and are we listening to the voice of God? It's a, it's a question worthy of our time and our attention. And so I want to press into that this morning because as we look at two people, we look at Cornelius and we look at Peter, and we see how they engage this, this relationship with God when he spoke to them. And then we're going to talk about what it looks like for us. So let's just, let's press into it. I want to take you in chapter 10, and we're going to read down through uh, quite a few of the first verses here because I want you to see this story unfold. It's awesome. 
And so let me begin with chapter 10 in verse 1. And it says, At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon a tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. Interesting, right? So here's a guy who feared God, who loved God, and an unusual thing happened. God spoke to him through this vision. It says he was terrified. This angel came in. He was terrified by the, the means of which it happened, but also, also the message. What does this mean? Well, the story continues. Listen to what happens. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on his housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were there preparing it, he fell into a trance, and he saw the heavens open, and something like a great sheet descending, being let down in its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice came to him again, a second time, what God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed, I get it. I would be outwardly perplexed, too. I'd be just messed up. And he says this, as to the vision that he had, what did it mean? Behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out and asked whether Simon, who is called Peter, was there. This is getting crazy, right? And while Peter was pondering the vision, listen to what it says. The Spirit said to him, Behold, these three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down with the men, and the story continues that he went to the house of Cornelius. The first thing that I want you to see today is how God spoke to these two men. The New Testament wasn't written. They didn't have that. They had the Old Testament, but God chose to speak to them through vision, to share with them something that was that was imperative that they hear so that the gospel could continue to go out. Now, this was unusual. This was not, it was, it was common at times. Uh, Mary and Joseph and Saul and other people had seen visions or an angel came to them. 
But not everybody. I mean, this isn't something that happened every day. That's why they were terrified. And yet God spoke to them. He spoke to them clearly. And I want to speak to you for a moment about developing an awareness of the voice of God. Developing an awareness of the voice of God. We know how God spoke to Cornelius and Peter, and this is why I'm making the point. We can look at the content and say, well, you know, what God was doing is, is he, was, he was sharing that he has no partiality with people. And all of that is true. The gospel is equally important to everyone. Everyone is equally important to God. We understand that. But don't miss how God conveyed that. That there was a means by which God spoke to people and then they responded in faith and went out and followed what he said. So we see this, this way that God spoke to Cornelius and Peter and it begs the question, how does God speak to us? How does God speak to us? How does he speak to you? Well, what we see in Scripture is this, that we see some primary ways that God speaks to his people. The first one is through Scripture. That it's not just a duty to accomplish. It's a God to listen to. It's his voice. It's his word. And so as we encounter Scripture, it's important that we realize this is God's voice being shared. Also through the Spirit. Remember, we, we saw Peter, and it says, hey, Peter, just so you know, there's three guys downstairs waiting for you. It's like, man, this is kind of a crazy day. No, he, he, he was like, okay, God, I recognize your Spirit speaking to me. And he went down. And it says, without hesitation, as the Spirit told him, go. Go to Cornelius' house. So sometimes we see that God speaks through the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We also know that God does speak to us through dreams and visions. And I don't think it's as common, but yes, he does. In Joel chapter 2, right? It says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit and, and that young men will dream dreams and, uh, you know, the old men will, will have visions. It's this idea that, that God can use that means if he chooses. And I know people that have. God's spoken to them that way. He also speaks to us through others. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and, and, and say, man, I don't know why, but God's kind of pressed it on me to talk to you about this. And you're like, I don't know, are you sure? I think that God can use others to speak to us. Also, I think there's our circumstances. There are moments that God orchestrates things and we need to be aware that he's speaking to us through even the circumstances that we're engaged in. So how does God speak through these means? And I think what happens is oftentimes the, the, the question isn't, is God speaking to you? The question is, are we listening to him? Are we listening to the voice of God? I'll be quite honest, there are moments where I've engaged scripture and, you know, I have a discipline where I read down through passages of scripture and sometimes I can read through that and go, well, I'm finished. Instead of engaging scripture and saying, God, 
I need the posture of listening. What do you want to speak to me about in this passage? I'll guarantee you this. That will forever change the way you engage Scripture. Also, as you go through life, the recognition that you have the presence, the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God as you go wherever you're going, that the Spirit of God, God, help me be aware of what you're saying to me. And there are moments where there's this prompting in your spirit, go, go, go speak to them, or I want you to do this, you know, go pay for their meal. Uh, wow, you know, I must have had a bad piece of turkey or something, you know, in that restaurant. No, it's just God's prompting you to go do this. And it's about listening to the spirit of God, to the truth of God, as he speaks to his people I think sometimes when we think about the Spirit, sometimes the Spirit prompts us, sometimes the Spirit convicts us. Have you ever been in a situation and the Spirit of God is like, no, stop, don't. That's not your conscience. The Spirit of God in, in the people of God will convict them of things that God is not pleased with or does not want. So the question becomes this, how is God speaking to you? If someone were to ask you the question, what has God been speaking to you about, what would you say? I was having, uh, it happened, I think it was last night actually, my wife was, was talking to me and she said, are you even listening? And I'm like, proximity, we were sitting pretty close. And uh, I was watching the basketball game, I'm not going to lie. And uh, so, um, I'm there, and, and she goes, uh, are you listening at all to what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh, yeah, baby. You know, I got you. I'm listening. No, you weren't. What did I say? You love me? <laughs> you know, and so you can have somebody speaking, but you can sometimes fail to hear them. The question is never whether God speaks to his people. The question is, are the people of God hearing the voice of God? If we get that right, it will forever change the way we relate to God and how we relate to others. The second thing that we see in this passage is this, that we need to be prepared to obey the voice of God as we hear it. The truth is, Cornelius could have, you know, uh, seen this angel, heard this vision, and all this you know, unfolds, and Peter, he hears it. And the truth is, we see later in the passage, he goes, wait, it's unlawful for me to even do this. I should not be there. I should not be doing this. Jews do not eat with Gentiles. God says, whatever I have made pure and clean is clean. Peter, go. Peter, go. And Peter had a choice. And what we learn in this is that Cornelius had a choice, Peter had a choice, and you have a choice. I have a choice. Every time God speaks to us, the choice is, are we listening and will we follow what he said? Will we obey what he said? And sometimes I've, I've considered why. Why have I not obeyed what God has prompted why haven't I obeyed the things that he said? There are, there are several reasons. I'll, I'll highlight three real quick. Why often we 
don't obey the voice of God. And I think sometimes it's perception. What will people think if I do? I, I remember uh, being in a service and God prompted me to go pray. And I was like, ain't happening. You know, what are people going to think? The pastor's going to pray? You're going to think he's got some terrible thing going on in his life? I got all kinds of things going through my head at that moment in time, but I, I couldn't dismiss the fact that God said, go pray. So I had to let go of that and say, God, I don't care what others think. I care most about what you think. And I've lost that battle and I've won that battle. I've been on both sides of that fence. There's perception, there's impact. How will this impact my life? When God, you know, shares with us clearly in his word, you're reading and it says, you know, follow me in this area of your life. And you're like, yeah, hmm. That could change my life. The impact of it. The God who created you, the Jesus who saved you, the spirit who indwells you will never call you to do something that's not good for you, even though it might be hard for you. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? And so we have to understand that impact also can sometimes hold us back. Well, I'm not sure if it's going to change a lot. God will never call you to do something that's not good for you. The last one is fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of what if I make a mistake? I, I don't know. It, all of this and you step, just step out in faith and obey. Obey. The end of the story in verses 44 to 48, I'll challenge you this afternoon, go read it. What you see is you see two men Cornelius and Peter, who followed. They obeyed the voice of God. Cornelius sent these men to go get Peter, and Peter responded, it says, without hesitation, and he went, and he shared with Cornelius this gospel that had been given, the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection. And it says that people were changed. People came to faith. The Spirit of God was poured out. A community was changed because of the obedience of two men who heard the voice of God. It's not a question of God speaking. It's a question is, are we listening? And I gotta tell you, there are a lot, there's a lot of noise in the world. A lot of noise. But there's one voice you need to hear above any other voice, and it's the voice of God. If I left you with these three questions, think of how you would respond. Are you tuned into the voice of God? Are you tuned into the voice of God? The second one is, what is God saying to you? Is it encouragement? Is it comfort? Is it conviction? Is it, I love you? I forgive you? I'm there for you? What is it that God is saying to you? And then maybe the most important one after that is, how are you responding? Are you responding in obedience? Or are you like, 
The only people that know about this conversation are God and I. So if I don't obey, nobody will know, right? So I'm just gonna, I gotta, well, we can't use, I've gotta pray about it. He already told us. So what am I gonna, I need time. I need time to think about it because this could be radical. It could, whoa. No, trust the God who created you, the Jesus who died for you, the spirit who indwells you. When he speaks to you, he speaks good things. Things of purpose, things that are good for you, good for those around you, and ultimately that glorify him. Listen to the voice of God and respond. We're gonna have a prayer time today and I'm just gonna encourage you at the end of the service, we're just gonna have some moments where you can listen. We don't do this often, we don't do this well. I don't know what God is saying to you, I'm confident of this, he's speaking to you. And I think in a, in a situation like this, oftentimes even this, you can be in church and miss the voice of God. You can be sitting here and God is like waiting to speak to you. And there's just all these things. I wonder what's for dinner. I wonder about this, you know, and I, that person next to me or behind me or in front of me, whatever. Quiet it and say, God, what are you speaking to me about? For some of you, maybe it's whatever he's speaking to you about. Maybe you need to come and just pray. Maybe come to the altar and just lay things before him. Maybe it's to have somebody pray with you. Respond. Respond to that. Listen, if you're watching online, I'm going to ask the same thing, is that you respond as well. Don't just shut this off and disconnect. But let God continue to speak to you. And you can even respond in the, to the host in the chat. And they will speak to you. So I'm just gonna give us some time. I'm gonna ask the prayer team if you would come up and just be up front. If you want somebody to pray with you, come and let them pray with you. If you just need to do business in your seat, do business in your seat. But if God's spirit prompts you to come and just lay something down or to confirm something in your spirit, come and just kneel before him and say, God, I'm here, I hear you. And respond to what he says. So as God speaks, just respond.